You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. Hive Hoops coming at you today. I'm your host, Joshua Balta. Very special guest, extremely special guest with us today. Sam Dracula is going to be joining us, talking some Hornets hoops, all the things. Sam, how's it going, my man? It's going great. It's going great. Uh, how you doing? I'm not bad, man. I'm not bad. I know, you know, kind of pre-episode we were talking, you know, you got some big plans tonight. What What are those big plans that you got that, that you're going to be uh, delving into once we get off this uh, this recording? I'm, I'm going to cry my eyes out watching The Last of Us. I can't wait. I am. <laughs> this show has me grip. Like, I'm so, like, invested in this. I played the game multiple times. I know exactly what's going to happen. It doesn't matter. It still hits you even harder than it did before. It's so good. It's the best thing on TV right now. Oh, man. I, I got to jump in. I've been putting it off. And my brother-in-law was telling me earlier, he's like, man, you got to watch it. I've cried multiple times. Yeah. I know what's happening, but I've cried. And then now, look, like, I didn't even have this conversation with you yet. You say the exact same thing. We're talking apocalyptic world, all the things. We're talking about people crying watching this show. Apparently, I've got to get into it. I don't know. Yeah, even even the happy episode it's still very sad. There's a like a all like an uplifting one. It still gets you. It's so it's such it's such a good show. Such a good all right, show. I, I'm I'm gonna be jumping into it. I, <laughs> I'm gonna do it. You've you've talked me into it. Uh, Pre episode, you know, during all of the things, I, I I'm with it. But in talks of jumping into it, we're gonna jump in. We're gonna start talking some Hornets basketball, which is on the rise. Yeah. It feels like there's a little bit of hope. A little bit of energy around this franchise. It has been a hellacious season, and that mm-hmm. is putting it kindly. And off season. <laughs> and don't we, we it didn't even early. talk about it's that, the, man. You didn't have, early. Why? Why? And, you didn't have to bring up the off season and the playing. Yeah. Like legit, Brid, Bridges hitting that girl with the mouthpiece was like, all right. That was like <laughs> the spark. <laughs> it was the start. It, we, we didn't know. We had no we idea what was coming at the time. But man, it was it, it was just a bomb that was going off. It is powder keg. Uh, yeah. But anyways, we got a little bit of hope. I, yes. I, I or yes. I can feel it. I can just ripples across the fan base when I'm talking to people offline, online, interacting with them. There's some ripples of hope. So we're gonna get into this four game winning streak. We're gonna get our big takeaways. I want to hear yours first, of course. But then we're also gonna transition. I want to hear where you land in this win versus lose situation that the you know the hornets fi- currently find themselves or not the hornets per se but what the fan base wants you know it's divided in that win versus lose greater odds in the lottery we'll get into all that lamelo ball and mark williams have been the catalyst during this four game winning streak want to get your thoughts your you know Really, what's impressed you the most by them? We're going to talk a little Mitch Kupchak. Does he deserve some apologies? We're going to finish with Bryce McGowan's at the end. Big news dropping today on him signing that contract. But first, four-game winning streak, baby. Sam, what are your big takeaways from the Hornets' recent success? Man, it's like it's, it's, it's a glimpse into the future. And I don't want to say it's a it's what could have been because 
certain guys weren't ready for this stage at this point. I think you're seeing guys like Thor come into their own, right? Mark Williams, like you mentioned, LaMelo Ball, like finally, like really like hitting his stride, his like starts. Well, his season started with an injury, came back maybe too early, got hurt again. It's been like his season started later than normal, right? So he's like finally getting in what would be midseason form. 20 games ago if he remained healthy the entire year, right? So you're seeing these, like, things click. Like, Ubre came back. He looks all right, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. still, still don't have PJ. Like, we lost PJ in the process. Cody Martin is, uh, like, he Kobe, Cody, Cody Martin needs the Kobe Bryant Germany surgery. Like, get him to Germany, shut him down. Like, we'll figure that stuff out later. But I think what you're seeing is, like, what can be, like, in the future, um, in the next two to three years. Um, during this specific stretch. It's not going to last, right? But while we have it, this is what we kind of look forward to as Hornets fans and the idea of adding uh, hopefully a top five pick in the mix. Uh, maybe there's a, a deal to like to in like add to this current situation. But LaMelo, Mark, you have some really nice building pieces here. And at the point guard spot, at the center spot, that 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 getting those two positions locked down this early with two young guys that complement each other really well, it's a good place to be. It's a very nice place to be. No, I, I like what you said there. You said you don't want to lean on what could have been too much, but what is to come and yeah. looking into the future, because we could, we could dive into the what ifs of what this season could have been. If, you know, Mark Williams had gotten, run a little bit earlier then there's that whole question of was he ready and I think that that's been discussed in you know numerous avenues across the fan base um the whole health discussion if this team was healthy from the beginning like you said it's as if when LaMelo came back you know he wasn't fully healthy yeah. And then at that point, you know, he's still fidgeting with that wrist, which he's been mm -hmm. doing since, you know, year one. But then when he comes back, you see him on the, you know, you see him on the bench and he's doing the whole ankle thing all of a sudden. <laughs> and like, it was just, he wasn't in that mid season form whatsoever. So his shooting percentages were down. He wasn't driving as much because of that ankle injury. We can guess. All right. And I think it'd be a pretty good educated guess, but you know, finally being able to see some of that success, see LaMelo actually improve in some areas or improving his play, you know, as the season goes on. I love that. And Mark Williams, that one-two punch, you know, we got to figure out our our wing situation. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, P.J. Washington can be an option. I don't think that he can be the solution. But he can be an option. Mm -hmm. um, but man, I this feels so good because it's just been it's been a season of shit. Yep. And then just finally we have we have a glimmer, even though it's at the end. And like, so you have a lot of fans, you have a lot of people who are like, yeah, but what's it matter at this point? Like, yeah, it's great to see, and you know, you got this, you got that, and. You know, yeah, the Hornets are starting to win now, but the season's lost. Yep. And our Victor Wimbenyama odds decrease with each passing win. So I guess that leads us directly into this next, you know, conversation, which is where do you land on this whole win versus lose 
you know, as it pertains to the draft lottery odds? I think the Hornets are, I'm going to knock on wood as I say this, are really like enviable position where the record's so bad. It's terrible. Like uh, 19 wins, it's bad. But not good enough to catch the Magic, right? And mm-hmm. not bad enough to really catch the Pistons. Pistons, they're like the Hornets are in like a weird like sweet spot in the bottom of the league. And which allows them to play competitive basketball um, without jeopardizing their spot too much. Because, like, Hornets fans, if the if if this team went zero and eighty two, you know, you know they are not getting that first pick. Yeah. It's not, it, it, not going to work. And honestly, I think the best way to do it is like reverse psychology this whole thing and get <laughs> like the fourth or fifth best odds, and that's how you get the first pick. Because I think you're destined not to draft number one overall if you have the worst record like Houston are right now. Like, there's no way they get the first pick. It's just not going to go out. It's just, the lottery balls don't, aren't going to reward you like that. That being said, it's a very nice draft. And getting anyone in the top five, very much happy with it. But the Houston Rockets, watching them play, they have a ton of talent. But these guys are learning nothing. It just right? doesn't work. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like congeals in Houston. Yeah, even the coach is like reading off a script. Like po- in, in post game, like yo, like not there's nothing's happening here, you know. They just got Frank Kaminsky there, just pulling it. Poor, poor Frank has to deal with the kids. He's on babysitting duty in Houston, right? San Antonio, like Pop, you know, like he's just doing his own thing. You know, they're what ten game? What's the little sixteen game losing streak they're on or something stupid? Like still the no- highest paid coach in the league, though. Well, what is there? He's you know, <laughs> shots to Pop, shots to Pop. He, he he's getting his bag. No, he's it, a mafia boss matter. for real. I love Pop. I love Pop. But uh, it's like you know the those teams that Spurs to a lesser degree because Houston Houston has a lot of talent. But if you're one of those teams at the true bottom and you're playing, you're literally playing pointless basketball. At least with this Hornets team with with Rozier, Hayward, Oubre in the mix, right? Dennis Smith Jr. to a lesser degree, he only, he doesn't have as much like service time as the other guys. He's only 25, but put him in like a, a soft category. But with all these other nine or 20 and 21 year olds on the team, like you can kind of see. These guys learning how what it takes to be a professional athlete, what it takes to compete for four quarters. You can see see it. That's what that's what's been happening. We've seen this team. Uh, I saw it in person when the Nuggets were in town. Put thirty eight points on the best team in the Western Conference, and then Jokic was like, "Nah, I'm changing the tempo. We're winning this game." And the game was never in doubt from that point on. Once once Jokic and like the Nuggets like really clicked on. Right, the Hornets Everything don't have that gear. He, yeah. he just said, give me the ball. Like, every possession will run through me. This rookie center cannot stop me. Yep. He's, I'm going to get him in foul trouble. And yep. then once he's in foul trouble, we're going to go at him. He's going to be either terrified to foul and pick up a fourth or a fifth, and we're going to score on him, or he's going to pick up that fourth and fifth, and then now we have a backup center. <laughs> and so it, it, it was a master class from, from who, the eventual MVP. No, exactly. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that, that, that stuff is so important because you think like guys like Hayward or Rogier can, can take say, Mark, this is like, this is, you're playing the best in, in the world right now at that position. Like you're going to have these games, right? These, those types of instances are important learning lessons. And you hope like that mix of veteran leadership. Well, like, well, get these guys through these growing pains where on the other side, we got San Antonio and Houston where none of that exists. It's like, uh, these guys are probably just learning bad habits, not learning how to win, not learning how to compete, not learning how to be professional. So the Hornets, I think, are pretty in a pretty much in an enviable 
area, all things considered, to to a get a, a pretty nice first round draft pick, and also build to sort something in the future. And um, it's 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 nice to see. It's nice to have like these these little little glimpses, little peeks into what could, what could be here in Charlotte. Yeah, apparently we're just going to agree all episode long. <laughs> um, you know, this is one of those things where I couldn't agree with you anymore. The Hornets are in perfect situation where their draft chances will not change. It doesn't matter. Like, they're not going to win enough to pass the Magic mm-hmm. or the Pacers. And, they're you know, if they drop, which I don't think that they're going to, then that's even better. But then they're in this spot where they actually have some guys. I mean, this was a 43-win team last season. And then returning this season, there was only one piece that wasn't involved from that 43-win team. You don't just – one guy isn't worth 20 wins. That's And and that tells you kind of the story of this season of, Yeah. yeah, that played a role. But then the injury also the injuries also played a role. Big time. Yep. And then, you know, incorporating some of these younger guys into the rotation and the lineups and having to lean on them so heavily in the absences of those veteran players, that played a role. And so all of this stuff culminates and it puts you where the Hornets are. But at the end of the day, man, they can just go out there and say, let's win tonight and really grow really build culture, really build chemistry amongst each other and get the house in order. Like get this thing to where these guys learn how to win close games. I mean, three out of the last four on this, you know, on this winning stretch that the Hornets are on have been against teams that are currently in the playoff hunt in Minnesota, Atlanta. All right. And then – Oh, I'm blanking. Who'd we beat? Oh, Miami. 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 We beat yeah. Miami. All right. And so those three teams, they're squarely in the playoff race. They're hunting wins because they're all in the play-in currently. Every mm-hmm. one of them. And so th- those guys were trying to win. It's not like they were like, oh, we're just going to show up. Like, they're trying <laughs> to win. But the Hornets, with these glimpses, they're taking it to these playoff teams because this current – addition that the Hornets are they're closer to those teams than they are as you said the Detroits and the San Antonios of the world oh yeah for sure especially Houston oh definitely definitely like Charlotte has a legitimate basketball team you know um like a legitimate roster and the other team the other teams are younger they have bright futures but they're not they're not there so like the Hornets are just in this weird zone this weird tier on their yeah. own right now and i think i i don't there's 20 games left for the horn there's no way like they like you mentioned i don't they don't i think they're pretty much locked in to that fourth um spot i want to say best odds because like it sounds better than yeah fourth worst odds it, it, uh, it does it does fourth worst record it's fourth best odds that's and right it's a two two it's a one and a half percent difference 14 percent chance at a at the first pick if you're in the bottom three 12 and a half if you're the in the fourth spot, so like you know what are we saying, like you know the Hornets luck over the years. It's That's like right. well, we'd be lucky to get it. Like I'll take Brandon Miller right now. You know what? 
He, he fits the Hornets culture with the stuff he's been. Oh man! In. So uh, add him to the mix. I'm here for it. Bro, drop forty after a gun charge, like the gun charge stuff. Is so uh, it's it's mental, but he can ball. He can ball for sure. I, yeah, I have a question it, for you though. Um, hit me with it. So, I with the remaining twenty games, Cody Martin. I mentioned before, just shut him down. He, we need. He signed an extension last summer. He doesn't need to play a single. Uh, dribble a basketball the rest of the way we know what he is we know what he can do how important he is i don't want to see him play get right get healthy if he had any surgery again go to surgery again whatever like shut him down legitimately uh i'm worried about him i don't want that to be a thing next year yeah um, i'm worried about him too. i don't better. want to be worried about him but i am yeah you know I, I love cody martin too i think he's so important when he came back and it was like finally like really healthy again i was like wow <laughs> we got a guy like a 3d guy all of a sudden what happened we i want to if i'm in charge i'm buying out Ubre. Cut him loose. I, he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. I would be shocked if he returned um, to Charlotte. He says he likes it here, but he said that in Golden State and Phoenix. You know what I mean? It's one of those things you kind of have to say as, yeah. a, as a player. Um, I think do him a solid like he did Mason, like he did Reggie Jackson. <laughs> like Let him play on a contending team. Let him contribute because the Hornets need to free up minutes for, their, for the boys, for the kids. I want to get through these last 20 games as a Hornets fan with a stronger opinion on whether or not the, the kids on the team are NBA players or not. Like, I want to see extended runs for JT Thor, McGowan's, right? Maladon, I know he's on a two-way, but Mark Williams, Kai Jones, Book Knight. I have a, I have a pretty idea what, whether or not Book Knight's an NBA I, I player. I think we have a good idea of where Book Knight is, unfortunately. <laughs> so he's on the bottom of the priority list. But guys, specifically Thor, McGowan's, uh, Kai Jones, like, get, I want to see those dudes get extended runs in these final 20 games. So we know like who's worth keeping or not. Like Kai Jones, they pick up his third year. I'm sure they do. Book Knight, the problem may, may not. I wouldn't, you know, but it, it, Oubre doesn't, serves no purpose on this team for me. I, I do not shut down Terry. I do not shut down Hayward. Those guys need to play with the kids. Cause they, again, like I mentioned earlier, they, the, the kids need to be around adults on the floor in all situations. So I think Rogier and Hayward's their, their value is there their veteran leadership is there Ubre, not as not as important w would you buy out Ubre, or am i or my chatting chat garbage right now buy out Ubre. like Man. would you like cut them loose let them join a contender like i i don't think i would just because i have to imagine that there may have been a phone call placed on trade deadline day Offering at least one second for Ubre, meaning that the team probably did obviously that they said no to it. Yeah. Um, or that it or or that the Hornets called somebody and said, Hey, will you give us this for him? And either had no takers or someone did because he he was playing too well before his injury or his surgery. He he yeah. was injured the entire time, apparently. Um, but he was playing too well to not get at least that kind of conversation surrounding him on a day we saw four or five seconds going for everybody. Even mm -hmm. an injured recovering Ubre, I'm thinking garners one second on an expiring contract for a guy that can come in, hit threes off your bench, you know? Yeah. And so I I hear what you're saying. So I I I'm I'm actually glad you said this because I do disagree that. But I don't want to see his minutes. I don't want to see Ubre playing 25 minutes a, a, a night. 
Yeah. I don't. But that's why I'm like, you know, he doesn't for his sake, get on him get him on a better team. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And no, then, I hear I hear you. I really do. But I I guess where I fall on this is I have to imagine that some team, some contending team out there said, Hey, give us Ubre, we'll give you one second. Yeah. And apparently the Hornets said no. And then of course we know Mitch Cupcheck's, you know, um uh, infamous quote the day after or maybe it was two days after the trade deadline where he said you know i'd like to bring some of our vets back if not all of them um and so you know i you you have to wonder if kelly you know was one of the guys that he's thinking of when he says you know some and then when he says all is that just trying to talk yourself into thinking that these guys are valuable and hoping a team actually believes you i don't know we'll see yeah We'll, so, we'll, we'll see this offseason. I'm curious, no, I'm curious I, what, what kind of number both those guys get. Because uh, well, both I said both. I'm in my head thinking, like, they chose Ubre over Jalen McDaniels. So I'm curious how, this, how the summer plays out, what deal Jalen ends, ends up with and what deal Kelly Ubre ends up and with which teams. I'm, I think that would be an interesting, like, subplot to see yeah. in two, three years. Did they really choose Ubre over Jalen? Um, and like you mentioned, who knows what the trade market was on Ubre. Yeah. It could have been – nothing it could have been nothing and then in that case maybe they need to buy him out you know yeah yeah but no i think i think uber is going to land a one year deal maybe a one and one yeah because the team option in year two the the reason the hornets got him is because like it was in that weird he was after all the tampering stuff (laughs) like after the uh, moratorium lifted and like a million dudes signed he was like a later in the week type dude. And like, there's like us and like two other teams that could have signed him and uh, he fell into our lap. He's been a good addition. You know, he has been, a, he's a roller coaster ride, uh, depending on whether, how often he wants to shoot. But when he's not chucking up threes, I like Ubre a lot. Um, I just think, I just view him as a guy who's like, all right, listen, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm in my prime here. I ain't trying to, you know, be a part of a rebuild in Charlotte. But who knows? Who knows? maybe the usage he had earlier in the season when everybody was injured he thinks yeah. that that's what he was, to have. I was like let's go <laughs> he was like hey i love it here like yeah. let's keep going ball till i fall babe i, I don't know what he was thinking You're playing from the contract like he's like Plumley was you know Plumley's on a contract here uh he balled out he stepped up in a big way miss you mason miss you every day no uh i do like mason Plumley though i like mason Plumley a lot um uh kelly Oubre contract year you know, he had a chance to show out a little bit before he got uh, got the surgery. So, yeah, you know, could be just something to be mindful of Hornets fans. I'm just curious how that plays out in the summer. Yeah, just something. Um, no, I, it's it's so crazy. I Just kind of going back to this being stuck, you know, in that four spot and not really having to worry. Like, I, I found myself from our Hornets lead account um going back and forth because i listened to the zach Lowe podcast with uh gavoni on it the draft expert right and they had this they ranked the four teams that were in the current best position and so i know that you were talking about how the hornets currently like we have a roster right yeah the, Horn- the hornets have a roster like they have grown-ups on the on the team they have young guys who are showing some promise and things of that nature. And then you have, you know, the Rockets who were just a mess. And then mm-hmm. you have the Spurs who were just young. And Detroit has some guys. Yeah. But have, I like their I like I like their core. 
Yeah, I'm their core, it, theirs would be the ones that I think would rival with the Hornets the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else is just potential based in Houston and San Antonio. Yeah. But at, am I crazy? Is is it crazy to think that the Hornets above those teams like have a better chance and a better opportunity to offer Wimbenyama or, you know, the 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 best fit and best situation out of those four bottom teams because they were talking that they both had the Hornets dead last. Yeah, I think that's an MJ. Well, that's an MJ thing. Like the I, like that's big but, a, a but, big knockout in Jordan. Yeah, it is. But like at the but when you just kind of take, I know the history plays a role. But like at yeah. the end of the day, like when you look at what is currently ahead of you, like pairing a guy like Wimbenyama. Now all of this is speculative, of course. Right. Right. Yeah. But pairing a guy like Wimbenyama with Lamelo, I mean, that's that's box office. Yeah, like, and like if, you can't get a better match than those two guys. Yeah, and if uh, Mark Williams continues this the rest of the way, a front court of Wimbenyama and Mark Williams, like Williams doing the dirty work down low, blocking shots, grabbing rebounds, allowing Wimbenyama to float, cause mismatch issues on the other side, knowing Lamelo can find either one of them at any point on the floor, there's a lot, a lot, there's a lot there. And Cade, who has been hurt to yeah, two serious injuries in two seasons, right? Wish him the best, but who knows what he'll be. LaMelo is an all-star. Um, like they the Hornets have something. Like San Antonio, they have kids, some promise, but they're nothing, nothing proven. And uh Houston's uh like <laughs> Houston is going through the motions. They have a lot of young, good young players. And I, maybe they get James Harden. Like there's that Woj story. Yeah, all that's of like a, that's out a big, of nowhere. If they get James Harden, it's a different story. But yeah, because yeah. the pick and roll with him and Wemby would be insane. But unless that, unless that, that that somehow miraculously happens, he leaves leaves Philadelphia, which I don't think happens because he's been trying to get that forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Charlotte, like low key, is a really perfect landing spot for Wembenyama if uh, if the Hornets get lucky enough to get that number one pick. If we get lucky enough, please, dear. <laughs> All, all of the beings, all of the higher powers, please oh. work in our favor. I'm gonna be live streaming during it, and I'm, I'm, I may like, you know, like when the World Series is going on, and like they put like a uh, plastic all over the locker room. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm gonna do that. Champagne. Yeah, yeah. And if we get the number one pick, I'm gonna pop. It's going mom. down. You're gonna have to buy apartment. a new mic, man. Oh, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth oh, it. Oh, no doubt. It'll be far and <laughs> away worth it. It's I've not been, even close. I have an opening of I have an open offer to pick Wembenyama up at the airport for the last like nine months. I'm as in my service. I think I got a hatchback. I think you can fit in there. I'll pick him up at Charlotte Douglas <laughs> myself. I'll take him to the facility. Well, I'll swing by Bojangles. I'll show him everything Charlotte has to offer. I'll volunteer my services. There it is. There it is. He's got the hatchback. You can lay flat. You can be real comfy. We'll even put pillows in there. It'll be great. We got yeah. you, man. Yeah, anything you need, Wemby, I got you. Yeah. LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams, they've been the catalyst to, you know, this most uh, recent success from the Hornets, especially since the trade deadline, dealing McDaniels and Plumlee away, opening up those minutes for Mark Williams. 18 points, 20 rebounds last night against the Heat, against Bam Adebayo, one of the premier centers in the NBA. Shot 75% going 9 of 12, blocked a shot. Bam was really frustrated. He was in foul trouble. I know the, you know, the camera showed him going to the bench in the fourth quarter. 
He looked visibly frustrated. Mark just, you know, really good performance against a quality NBA center, which is what he's been going against. Robert Williams, Jokic. He got a little break with the Spurs, like we've discussed right. already. They got some kids, but they don't have anything substantial. Go back. Um, but how impressed are you with the play of LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams in these oh, games? So couple, real quick. So last last night, Charlotte, I was at Charlotte, the Charlotte FC game. Um, yeah. Which is like really awesome because you had 69,000 people at Bank of America watching soccer and you had 19,000 sold out Spectrum Center at the same time. Like, St. Louis. Or, wow. Whoa. That was a major, like, I'm from St. Louis. That was a major, like, flutter. So, Charlotte, salute. <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> that's, what, that's a really nice, like, sports city moment. Um, I, I'm so shout out to Charlotte. Um, but yeah. So, I, I watched it this morning um, on League Pass and. The uh, seeing Cody Zeller versus Mark Williams broke my brain. Uh, watching Cody <laughs> struggle to gra- grab an entry pass from Gabe Vincent just gave me 2020 flashbacks when LaMelo couldn't connect with him or Biz. And to have Cody Zeller back in Charlotte repping the rival heat versus the 15th pick in the draft who had an all-time rookie night it's it's a beautiful thing. Like it was like uh, you couldn't you couldn't have scripted it any better, you know. Other than having Malik Monk like go crazy if he did, if he was on the team, that's the only way. That's the only way. The only way to really like, top it off. Uh, miss you, Malik. Miss you every day. But yeah, like Mark is so dynamic, and you know that. Let me back up. So with him and Plumley, right? I'm confident the rest of the way, Plumley is offer was offering. 10, 12 points, 9, 12 rebounds. Williams could do that. I think I feel good about saying uh, Mark Williams can occupy the same scoring and rebounding that we we got with Mason. We're losing the playmaking, but we're trading that for blocks. And I'm here for it. I'll take that trade. I'll take that. I like I like Mason. I would jokingly call him Nicola Plumley on stream because he would like bring the ball up and get a little fancy. And I liked it, you know, an extra playmaker on the floor. It's useful. The Clippers are, you know, that's why they traded for him. But having that added dimension on the defensive end, that's super switchable because you could just run Plumley off the court, uh, just switching them on, on defense. Like it's, a, it's an L. Um, you just just do whatever you want with him out there. Williams occupying, call, wreaking havoc. Going up soft in one possession, getting angry and going hard with the next one. I love that because that was my big knock on him. When he watches Summer League, like, yo, this dude's soft. Dude is, has a nine yeah. foot nine standing reach and he is soft out there. Yeah. But I think Greensboro, just general maturing, I think legitimately the wait, waiting until after the deadline, I think it needed to happen to get this. I don't think we would have seen this in October, November. I really don't. Oh no! Um, Hell no! So, you you definitely wouldn't have seen this in November, yeah. in October, November, because as you stated, summer league he was soft. I we I think all of us came away from summer league worried, mm-hmm. and, and legitimately worried because you saw this just massive human, just not using his body, not using his athleticism, and not being able to perform against other summer league type players. Yeah. And so you're like, 
when he goes up against a Jokic, when he goes up against a Bam Adebayo, when he goes up against a Robert Williams and a Clint Capella, how's he going to do? How is he going to fare when he faces grown men? And to see that, you know, revolution and to see that growth from summer league to February, I mean, it's it's a completely different basketball player. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. I know, like, I hit addressing people on Twitter because, like, you know, they're it's on Twitter. But like, but yo, but yo, this guy sat behind Plumley all season. Yeah, because he needed to. <laughs> yep. Plumley's a really good basketball player, <laughs> and it's turning out that Mark Williams is too. And we're seeing why um, they traded Durant. You know, that was hanging over the franchise's head for so long. And Williams, at least during the last since he's been been starting, has been out playing during. Um, like his number, he has better numbers than Jalen Duren across the board, right? So you see, you're seeing why he was top, the top center on the draft board. You know, like why they worked him out twice and didn't work out Duren. Like they they liked him. He's, I like him. It's working. <laughs> we all like it. him. We we might even love him. I, I love mean, Mark Williams. I might go get his jersey after this. I do. Sign me up. I'm I, I'm coming too. I'm coming too. Last night, by the way, the jerseys were like $75 off in-house. Ooh, I, I know. That, now, that was that was a pretty good, you know, the the, the fan shop always trying to do a, a game day deal. That game day deal is a little bit better than some of these other game day deals you guys are doing. Because, like, against the Pistons, they got like a $15 ally shirt. <laughs> that's, that's not the same. Yeah, that's not the, the same kind the of same. game day that's deal. Same, yeah. But, <laughs> no, it's – you know, you bring up Plumley and Mark Williams and comparing the two, that's the biggest difference that you get and that you're seeing. One, Mark Williams wasn't ready. He just physically was not. But now he is. And he can do what Plumley did offensively outside of the backdoor passes. Because Plumley, weirdly enough, which maybe it was, honestly, now that I say weirdly enough, maybe it wasn't that weird at all. With all of the injuries that the Hornets sustained this season, Plumlee be- became like a focal hub of the offense right there at the top of the key. Yeah. He would come up. He would set that high pick. He would receive a pass. They'd run players off, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe you get the handoff. You turn around. You find them, you know, in that, like, UCLA cut over the top. Terry Rozier cutting back door. That, that became a nightly staple for the Hornets. You know, Plumlee to Rozier on that backdoor cut for a layup. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Plumlee was a focal part of the offense for the Hornets. And so outside of that component, that aspect of that passing ability, what really separates centers in this league is what they offer defensively. And so as you stated, Plumlee just – you switch onto a guard, onto a wing, it's over. Yep. You better you better bring some help, and then as soon as that happens, someone's open, they hit them, and that's why you have so many teams shooting lights out against the Hornets. People are always like, oh, well, there's another night, another team set a record against the Hornets. <laughs> yeah, it's because they're bad defensively. That's why. They're wide open shots. Um, But with Mark Williams, what you get is you get that switchability. We've seen him be able to switch out onto guards, onto wings, and be able to stay in front of him, move his feet, and contest, 
the big uh you know game you know clinching uh block against Trey Young we saw that we've seen him switch out on smaller guards on wing players and he can move and then his presence at the rim and so just like you said that's the biggest difference it's that defensive component that his game has that Plumlee's just has never had and never will and that's the biggest difference mm-hmm. and one, one last thing is uh at one moment in the last night's game Williams got a rebound and a bucket and Kevin Love I know Kevin Love is in an advanced stage right now right he's not in his prime but all-time great rebounder right Mark Williams got a rebound and Kevin Love was like just threw his hands up like he, he couldn't do anything about it and I was like, yes, that's what you want to see. Like, these little, like, <laughs> glimmers, there's signs of respect across the league. Like, I, I think Mark Williams, we got a really nice draft pick um, out of it, and it's uh, been long overdue, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, so you already kind of laid it up, right? Talking about Jalen Duran and the Hornets passing on Jalen Duran for Mark Williams, all of those things, which leads us to Mitch Kupchak has been getting – quite the uh you know vitriol from the hornets fan base uh this season for the results for the makeup of the team and roster for playing time even though he does not oversee that portion of the game for all of the things uh mitch kupchak has received blame and i will not pretend to be the one to say that he is blameless Yet, I do want to ask this question. Does Mitch Kupchak deserve some apologies? And if so, to what degree, in which aspects, where? All yeah, of those so things. I, I think he deserved, before, he, before anyone apologized, apologized to him, I think he deserved the benefit of the doubt, Right. Bro had a Hall of Fame executive career with the Lakers. I view his tender tenure here in Charlotte as for fun. <laughs> like he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to do this at all. He loves basketball, obviously, but he could be on. He could be playing golf. You know, he can do whatever he wants to I'm do. Michael, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he can do whatever he wants to do. But he's out here with the one exception last year's draft. I think largely like nailing it. Now, if you want to talk the Hayward contract, fair play. I'm not going to argue with you on that. But okay, 20- good because I, I, I mean, we don't have to talk about it here, but that is one for sure. And yeah, you know, but continue, continue. No, and I was just going to a brief like rundown here. So 2018, his first off season with the Hornets. First thing he does is fire Steve Clifford. Funny how that works out. But we move Crazy. Bridges, Devonte in the draft could have kept SGA. But up until a certain a few things happened, it looked like a really good draft, right? There's also a Bobo pick in there, the pick that became Bobo. That would have been fun. But largely getting Devontae Graham and Miles Bridges out of the 2018 draft, pretty good, right? 2019, PJ Washington, Cody Martin, and Jalen McDaniels in that draft, right? Could have had Tyler Hero, but PJ Washington's still pretty good. And to get Cody, Jalen, and Caleb as an undrafted um free agent or yeah undrafted yeah undrafted free agent um that's a pretty good haul and then also the sign and trade Kemba for Terry people clowned it at the time it was a good deal it was a really good deal right 2020 LaMelo third pick overall 
Nick Richards and Vernon Carey. Now, Vernon Carey, Man. never a big fan of him. Um, they ended up flipping him for Anish Smith for, for a rental of Montres Harrell. I like that. But mm-hmm. again, like you mentioned before, that same year they gave a not year. That was a COVID year, right? The season ended, and then the, the next season started like two months later. It was madness. Too, like the draft, it was a lot going on. Gordon Hayward got got $120 million out of it. A bit of an L, bit of an L. Uh, but the draft, I it was a really good draft. I think getting Nick Richards and LaMelo out of it. And then 2021, problem. Big problem. problem. Big, Big problem. problem, right? Melo's coming off problem. a rookie of the year season. Miles Bridges is coming off like a really like, oh my God, like we, he could be like a French all-star, you know, after his first year with LaMelo, right? You know, I'll never forget this. Like I was at the first Hornets game when um, fans were allowed back into the building. Mm-hmm. You know, like first half of the year, no fans in. And they had 5,000 fans in there. And who had the house, Mike? Not Terry. Not Gordon, not LaMelo, not Cody. <laughs> Cody, I thought it maybe Cody Zeller being a long-time yeah. Hornet. It was Miles Bridges. He, he was the – and with no fans in the building, you hear everything. He was the vocal leader of that team. Like, oh, my God, like, you can kind of see what's going on here. And like, All right, we got the 11th pick in the draft. This is the opportunity. Do they trade it for a veteran? Do they take a guy, like a ready-made guy to really make a push for it? Nope, they take James Booknight, which is a <laughs> – not great. Not great. Uh, I liked it at the time. I can't lie. I was like, I was pounding my chest about it because like, oh my God, he fell to the Hornets. Like, you know, he'd be like, he kind of has like the Terry Rozier DNA. And then, you know, they trade back into the first round of draft. Kai Joe's like, oh my God, we have this great like Lob City potential, him and Miles. Uh, Two years later, neither of these guys I'm too (laughs) sure about, you know, but, 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 but Mason Plumlee, where they get acquired, Mason Plumlee traded it was a salary dump from Detroit in the deal. They trade yeah. up, get JT Thor. Got the pick in the deal. Exactly. Like, yeah. Got to move up 20 spots yeah. and take on Plumley. So, you know, getting, I look at that as not them drafting James Booknight and Kai Jones, as they draft Mason Plumley and JT Thor. No oh, disrespect boy. to Scotty Lewis. Or, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't that's know how the, many people you're going to uh, persuade <laughs> on that one, Sam. Hey, man, who knows? It may turn around. <laughs> but largely, I, I say all that to say up until the 2021 draft um, and the Gordon Hayward contract, I think his record, I think he struggled to find a GM with a much, like a significantly better resume running a team um, over the last few years. So I think he deserved the benefit of the doubt with the Mark Williams selection. I think, and it's paying off now. So to your original point, that was a long, this is a long answer, so apologies, but Yes, he deserves an apology from anyone who doubted him because I think he made up for what happened in 2021 with this Williams pick. Because take a lot of balls to draft two centers and trade one and watch him play, start for another franchise while yours is in Greensboro. That's crazy. And it waited and it's working. Yeah, that's the, you know, and that's the funny thing, like with fans, they're just so flip floppy because. Here we are. The Hornets are on a four-game winning streak. Some people are thrilled about it. Other people are <laughs> ready to burn down the house because of it. Yeah. But then at the same time, like you can see these flashes that we've discussed, you know, already and all those things. But like now you're starting to see some of those gains from Mark Williams. And a month ago, it was Hornets fans just reposting Jalen Duran. Mm-hmm. stat lines every other night oh he had 20 rebounds 
Oh, he had four blocks. Oh, look at this play where he jumped. He blocked that three. It went into the seventh row, you know, all this stuff. But then now all of a sudden, you know, Mark Williams is showing the promise that Mitch Kupchak saw during the draft process. Mm -hmm. And so now fans are starting to flip. And so like, that's the thing where, you know, there's been months where, so many people have, you know, in the media, uh, you know, that cover the team, that create content for the team or around the team, and then just, you know, in the fan base as well, offline, online, who, you know, have been really angry at Cup Check. And my my big one, you know, I've I said it already here. I've said it in previous episodes. I've said it across all platforms and avenues. The Gordon Hayward deal, I – I will never understand that, and that will always – because I I get the player when healthy. Yeah, I get it. We're seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. We gave a lot of love to LaMelo and Mark earlier. Gordon Hayward is hooping right mm-hmm. now, and he is being that – you know, we always heard James Brago say this, that calming presence in the half court, and he is. He's running that two game with LaMelo quite often. And he's the guy, they're dumping it to him in the high post and then just letting him work off of that, whether it be, you know, scoring or passing. Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Hayward's like, is 22, 6, and 4 during this win streak right now. Yeah, I mean, he's playing amazing. But the problem is, and it was then at the day of the signing, the injuries. And that's what's held this team back to a large degree. I don't think that you can take up 30 mil of cap space. Actually, yeah, damn near 40 mil yeah, of yeah. cap space. Yeah, okay, yeah. Last year, Nick. Nick's off the books after this year, man. He, he is, but he's low <laughs> on time it right coming. now, and he Long has been recently. Oh. But, I mean, there's no way that you can truly compete when you have 40 mil in your cap space tied up. And a guy that's not even here anymore, the the ghost of Nick Batum continues to haunt the Hornets yeah. into in 2023. And then Gordon Hayward missing half the season every single year. And so that's the one that I thought it was egregious the day it happened. I still do, even though he's given us some good moments in that time frame. And then 2021 draft, man. I mean – you. You can look at it as the Plumley Thor draft class. If that's what I'm choosing to look at it, man. <laughs> I mean, that's probably better for your mentals, right? <laughs> like, like your mentals seem to be a little bit more intact than mine. Uh, and so maybe that's what I need to do. I need to transfer the focus from Book Knight and Kai yeah. to Plumley and Thor, and then Plumley leading his trade leading into the Mark Williams era. So maybe I need to view it the same way you are. I yeah, and – if you want, you can get really like really like copium with it. You can throw in the Devonte Graham sign and trade. That oh got yeah, us the fifteenth pick that got us Mark Williams. So like wizardry, hey, absolute wizardry. Hey. The ten seed playing. I was I was so excited. I've never rooted for the Pelicans harder in my life. Like yes, never. That's picked. I never thought after seeing <laughs> after seeing my beloved Hornets straight up hop the plane leave Charlotte and go to New Orleans, I never thought that I would so actively and passionately and fervishly root for a New Orleans team. Yet I did. And it 
it's paying off. And so I, I, I think that's another thing that people are missing here in this Mark Williams. I'm so glad you said that. In this Mark Williams acquisition, all the focus has been on Jalen Duran, right? That's where all the focus has been. But Mitch being able to get that pick in the first place off of trading Devontae Graham, who has now found himself in San Antonio. Yeah. And just, yeah. I, I mean. Sorry, Devontae. I yeah, bad. yeah. I, I, I feel bad, but it was the perfect move. Game the game. Easily <laughs> the best thing to do. Yeah. And we were singing Mitch's praises then, and we should have. But then, like, on the next step, because – you know, we have to deal with one and a half years of Mason Plumley as the starting center. He receives like twice, thrice the amount of vitriol towards him. Yeah. So it, it, it's just fans are always on this ebb and flow. And I feel like when we really take a step back and we look at this, yes, Hayward, boo. Yes, 2021 draft, boo. Yes, prolonging the center, you know, a rotation of – Cody Zeller and Bismack Biombo, and then that leading into, you know, one and a half years of Mason Plumley. I those are real things that you can point to and say, come on now. Like you needed to speed up that process a little bit. But man, there's a light at the end of that tunnel. And maybe that the end of that tunnel is Mark Williams, LaMelo Ball, some of these young guys, those second round picks that you alluded to. My goodness, he hits Mitch straight slaps in the second round. And we got a lot of them still. So there's plenty more to come in right? <laughs> those second round. Plenty. And also, just well, one other thing about um, Mitch that I wanted to mention as well. Oh, no. Um, oh, no, I just lost me. I just, I, what was it? Oh, yes. So oh, last, he was not, he was a guy who didn't do uh, trade deadline deals. That was like his rep. Last three years in a row, he's adapting, he's changing, he's evolving. Mitch Kupchak, still in this in his in this long career that he's had, he's he's, he's changing it up. Still, in his seniority, that's what the waters of Brad Wanamaker got Montrez held the next year, you know. And then he dishes out Plumley, and you know, what I mean, we got Makai Luke. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are growing a little bit. I mean, that that's a good point. Like he, he tests the stuff. waters he's, with he's Brad active. Wanamaker, right? Yeah, he's like he's involved. He could he's like I mentioned before, he has a Hall of Fame resume as an executive before he even got to Charlotte. So like I think him being as active as he has been, even though we, we would all like to see more as fans, like we all want to see our executives do more, right? He's he's giving it. You know, he's doing I think he's legitimately doing the best he can. I don't think I don't view him as a GM that's totally checked out because he knows Michael Jordan's not gonna fire him. Like I think Cupcheck is still after it. So you brought up all of those second-round picks that the Hornets have accumulated. The infamous Jalen Duran deal where the Hornets trade a lottery pick for a worse first-round pick this year, this yeah. upcoming draft, which will be the Denver Nuggets' pick, which will be low 20s, possibly could land 30. All right? <laughs> um, but then he acquired the four seconds, traded Jalen McDaniels for two seconds, one being this season. It's the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets traded for their own second round pick, the rights to their own second back, which will be a top 35 pick. All right. Mm -hmm. And so the Hornets are likely looking at a draft class or a, a an NBA draft where they select top five, top six. Okay. I think they can fall all the way down to seven, actually, where they're at currently, maybe even eight. 
but we're just going to we're, we're going to hit the middle right there. Top six pick and then two additional top 35 picks, one of them being in the first round, one of them being one of the top picks in the second round. What kind of like going into draft night, just that alone, I I feel like Mitch Kupchak has been planning for this 2023 draft long in advance than we give him credit for. Like that was his plan. Like he was looking at last year's draft class and he's like, yeah, I like some dudes, but I really like some dudes next year. And so I'm going to position myself for next year. Like what kind of flexibility are, are you looking forward to like for Mitch Kupchak's sake for the Charlotte Hornets on draft night, having all of these different pieces being able to use in order to possibly move up and grab a guy, maybe in the late teens, Kai Jones, Jones remnants, uh oh, <laughs> or maybe early twenties. You know, maybe we yeah. can, you know, get off that nineteenth pick. We can just pick early twenties, just so that it's not, you know, the same. But like, how much flexibility? How much, like, I guess, confidence do you have in Mitch Kupchak doing what's right? You know, draft night twenty twenty three. So I, I, I have a lot of confidence. Like, if I'm giving it a, a letter grade, like a, a B plus level of confidence. In Mitch Kupchak on draft day, because even like going back, I hate to do it again, but going back to last year's draft, the one of the one of the other reasons they traded Duran is that Duran is that they didn't need any more kids on the team. There's so many unproven young players on that roster. Adding another one to the mix didn't make a lot of sense. Coming off of it's weird to think about coming off of a winning season. It's like yo, we need to like you know, do, like build with NBA ready guys. So I think that played into how that played out. Um, but having two first round picks again this year, options are great, right? If they want to punt on it, like the Knicks have been punting on the first round, uh, last couple of years, they can, even though it's a, a low pick that nuggets pick, they can flip that for something. You know, if they want to add a veteran, we know it takes five second rounders to get a veteran wing, you know, they have it to bound that out. Yeah. So they can make that deal if they want to get. Absolutely insane. I mean, I talked about this on a video and it's a total pipe dream. So I want to emphasize this heavily. All right. Please do not freak out. But if the Hornets get Wembenyama and they're like, LaMelo's our guy, right? You, you got your two pieces. Mark Williams in the mix Three now. Three pieces. Three pieces. At least two and a half so far, at least, right? What's stopping them from talking to like Washington Wizards, let's say? And like, hey, man, like, you know, like this build thing ain't working out. We got Haywards expiring. We got extra picks. Let's talk. You get off the Beal money. You get picks. We get Beal. Let's talk. Call up Toronto. Siakam. What's up? You know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a timeline. I just, I just saw Ant-Man. So I got like varying things in my head right now. Uh, <laughs> There's a timeline where the Hornets can be a player for a superstar if LaMelo and Wembenyama end up on the same team. You know what I mean? Like there, there is a, there is an avenue there. How, how low unlikely it may be. That is an option with that Hayward expiring contract and draft capital that the, the team has now. So is this something that's put in the back of your head? It's very, very unlikely. I don't I just want to just again, button it with that. Uh, but they have options, which is nice. It's a nice place to be. Because I, I I trust I trust I I've trusted Mitch on draft night. Yeah, I, I, especially in the second round, where he's had some misses or some possible question marks, has actually been in the first round. The second round, 
that guy loves to scout those players 30 to 60, 30 to 75 to figure out who he's going to take in, in, in those ranges. And so the, those first rounds, yeah, it's, it, you know, there's been, he's hit on most of them though. It's just that 2021 James book night. My and, goodness. And to be fair, that draft sucks. Like it's a weird, let me back it up. That draft is weird. It's a very weird draft. Like if you do that again, like K, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Suggs goes five, Giddy went six, like Kaminga went, Wagner went eight. Like the top three of that draft, if you do it again, is like some combination of Mobley, Barnes, and like Wagner, right? Like you think, I think a it's lot not, of people made a lot. It's not Suggs. And, yeah, I think a lot of people made a lot of mistakes in that draft. You know, yeah. it's, it's the first one, first full one after, like even the 2021, like that was a weird cycle with COVID and like the shortened season, all the stuff, like, uh-huh. like you're interviewing dudes over zoom like it's weird and i think this is like the last remnants of that's in 2021 so i think this upcoming draft this past draft the the uh palo one is like the we're back to normal and so hopefully these teams will make better decisions from this point on but you never know like people whiff on the draft all the time can james book Knight be a piece of this team moving forward yeah he'd be a contract put in a deal to make a deal work i i don't he's not an nba player and I don't, I don't like. I'm not happy saying it. Like I hope I'm wrong. I like, I, I love his like, when he, when he speaks, he's, he, he has that, that Terry Rozier like psychopath tendency. And I mean that in the most, I've done, like in the most respectful way possible. Like I like that, that killer instinct. He has it, but it just doesn't reflect on the court. He's getting in like scuffles in the G League. What are you doing, man? He threw his pants at Borrego. You know how insane that is? Like that's crazy. What are you doing? And he had a mystery. Miss summer league with a pinky, like there's too many things, and we know the TMZ stuff. So like, is this too many things off the floor, and it doesn't doesn't equal up to what we've seen on the court? Because we've seen him drop twenty on the on the Kings, like yeah, cool, but that's like a any like I think a lot of guys in the league has dropped twenty points on any given night. You know what I mean? It's not it's like these guys are pros; they can get they can get buckets up when they have opportunities when guys are hurt. So uh, book night, but they got a team option right this summer. I'm sure they do it. Uh, I re- I really doubt they he gets that rookie extension. I really doubt it, and I, I can see I can see it being like a Jalen Smith situation where the team's like, you know what, we're good. You know, I don't think I don't think you just I don't, there's no trade value. Just, we're good. Sorry, sorry, James. We'll run it back with somebody else um, at the two guard spot. Yeah, and I mean news broke today. Bryce McGowan's receiving that four-year, $7 million contract from the Hornets coming off that two-way deal. Had a lot of factors coming in, but that alone, and we'll get into that and we'll talk about McGowan's here in a second, but what implications does that contract deal right there? Just that one move yeah. tell you about where the Charlotte Hornets currently view James Booknight. I mean, that's everything. The fact that bro hasn't, with all the injuries, the Hornets have have had this year. You would think lottery pick opportunity. He he hasn't like this was his time that he missed his window to with all the guard injuries the team had. He missed his his window to make an impact on this team, and that that's not an accident. He has two co- two coaches in two years have said, "No, nah, I'm good on James Booknight." And Clifford gave him like a real shot at the start of the year. Real, like super real, like the yeah. realist, like, like talking he, about bringing <clears throat> him in for you know film studies and just one on one and talking about what I want you to work on and I want you doing this and raving about him 
over the summer and talking about how he's going to receive that real opportunity and then gave it and just dud. Mm-hmm. Like, because with Borrego, we see Book Knight go like five minutes, nothing for nine games, 12 minutes, nothing, two minutes of garbage time. Not, like, it was so sporadic. Book Knight played regular basketball for the first 17 games of the year and nothing since. You know, like that, that's that's all you need to know, right? <laughs> that's all you need to know about about him. And if he's if, if he hasn't got a wake-up call by now, I don't know if it'll ever happen. I mean, he's going to the G League. He's not starting in half of these games that he's been in Greensboro. It's, it's tough. Like, I, I mean, that. that when you have Xavier Sneed being chosen over you and you're on a 15-man roster for an NBA team, yeah. like that tells you that the that Greensboro's coaching staff, that tells you what they think of about him. That's not even – forget the Charlotte Hornets. Just think about Greensboro in those moments because Kai Jones, he's starting as, as, as soon as he comes down, those coaches want Kai Jones Yep, in Greensboro. Most coaches up there, they're saying, hey, give me Bryce McGowan's. You're not playing him tonight. We want him. Mm-hmm. Teo Maladon, we want him. Send him to us. I feel like the with when it comes to James Booknight, it's just like, eh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll I mean, we'll fit him in somewhere. We'll get him 17 minutes and we'll we'll see what he does. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's just he, bad. He desperately needs a change of scenery. And he's still young. He still has potential, but I think he just he's primed to be one of those guys that is just not gonna make it on the team that drafted him. And it's up to him to to fix it because it's nobody else's fault but his own. And because he's had ample opportunity to get, get it together. He just, he hasn't. Yeah. Bryce McGowan's. Let's I love, let, I love Bryce. I love me some Bryce McGowan. All right. Good, 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 good. I love, so I was trying to get nicknames off. Summer league was, he was not playing defense. So I don't care. I like the bro was getting <laughs> what I love. What, what I, I only like good things about summer league. Like I only keep the good things from summer league. Um, outside of Mark Williams looking a little soft, but that was from him. That was a lot of Duran stuff. A lot of, yeah, you, you were feeding into that whole narrative. I get it. <laughs> it stung I a little bit when he, when he wasn't dominating like these guys who were playing in China a few months prior, you know. But yeah, McGowan's like from, immediately he knew exactly where he wanted to be on the floor to get a shot up, right? He was calling for the ball. He's going off the dribble, uh, catch and shoot. Like he was showing a level of comfortability from a second round pick that I would from Nebraska. I was like, yo. This this is it's not there yet, but you can see what he can be. And I'm so happy they're keeping him because he fits the the Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels, what we're seeing from JT to a certain degree, that wing developmental program from the second round that is legitimate. Like it's a legitimate pathway to the league. And I, I think Bryce McGowan's is more than worth keeping. And I'm excited at what he can bring because his scoring potential with his size. And it's in skill. I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I think it'd be a major part of the rotation in like not next year per se, but the year after. I think that's where we see Bryce McGowan like really take a take a steep uh climb into the into the team. If you had to rank the Hornets currently in terms of how excited you are about each individual player, Ooh. where would where would your list be? Where does Bryce McGowan's land on that list? And then, of course, where are the other players? Oh, man. So. uh, One's easy, right? What? uh, Kai Jones? 
<laughs> okay. Like legit, legitimately, Kai Joe's my favorite player on the team. Like, I lo- oh, not- the, the personality is <laughs> yeah. it's untouchable. Yeah, there's I love, nobody I love better. Like, you look at that bench and you see Kai Jones. He is up. He's being positive. He's trying to keep the morale up. This team sitting, you know, single digit wins for most of the season, and Kai is just with it, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just trying to keep that, you know, that morale up. His personality is infectious. That smile, everything about yeah. him. I love Kai Jones too. Well, he was the first man off the bench last night. Like, yes, let's go, Kai. Let's go. Uh, yeah, for this. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, McGowan's, I, I'd put him somewhere. Uh, I, I do. I like watching Bryce more than Kelly Ray. I'll put it that way. I, I think. It, so he's not fifteen. No, and you like him better than Book Knight, so he's not fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I put him over Nick. Um, yep. you know, come back to Earth a little bit. It's fine. I put him over Nick as well. I put him over Nick. Because uh, Nick's not exciting. No offense. That, that's the point. Like, board man gets paid. Like, Nick Richards, if he does what he does right now, he'll make m- millions of dollars for 10 years. Like, no problem. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, over Maladon. No disrespect to Teo. Over JT. Because I, I think I like watching him shoot. Like, I like watching him score. And JT's going to do the boring stuff as well. He'll, t- he'll take a corner three every once in a while. But, like, I, I, as far as the bench guys, I think I would put him under – Mm. Damn, this is hard. I know he's, I put you on the spot with this one. No, he's I put him in somewhere in the middle because I do I I like what Bryce can do. Um, because he you're getting offense, right? And unlike Nick Richards and unlike JT Thor, I think the best thing Bryce does is on is on the offensive side. So that's it, easier to get excited about. I don't think we'll see many highlights. There's a stretch there where he's I swear he went like 10 straight games where he's trying to get a dunk, like dunk on somebody. He just couldn't get it done. That was a fun thing when going on stream, like this close to getting a highlight. And I think he has that has that in him. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm big. I'll put it this way. I'm a big fan of Bryce McGowan. Okay, good, good. I just wanted to see where you landed there. <clears throat> Sam, man, I've enjoyed having you on so very much. This is the longest episode <laughs> in High Hoops history. You generally try to keep it under 40. If it's a solo, if I'm just riding solo, I usually try to keep it under 30, maybe even down to 25. But for you, my friend, I opened the floodgates. <laughs> we just had all of the minutes. We're not going to quite hit an hour. So we had all of the minutes. Um, and I've kept you from watching The Last of Us. Yeah. It's okay, though. It's not <laughs> well, going anywhere. But do you hear that? Look, you guys are going to have to play that back. You're going to have to hit that back 10 <laughs> second button. He went, yeah. He's so upset. He's so frustrated. He's like, I, mean, I have to wait for this episode to like, so I can start Last of Us. I got well, like now I'm at the point where like you know that thing where like you have like dinner and you're like, well, if I stop eating now, I'll have enough for leftovers. But if I if I eat any more, it won't be worth keeping any leftovers. I feel like that way with left Last of Us. I got to go to bed. You know what I mean? And like, if right. I start if I start Last of Us, I won't be going to bed sad. <laughs> because <laughs> like, really you got to have that like 15 to 20 minute yeah, i gotta the cool down but then if i watch it in the morning like do i want to start my day sad like i gotta find that, that the sweet spot with last time. yeah you're gonna have to find that sweet well, spot. no it could be it could be an uplifting episode i have no i have no idea what happens genuinely well i do know what happens but i don't i don't in this from the game i don't know what happens tonight in tonight's episode yeah, you told it. You told me that you knew what was going on tonight. I mean, now you're telling me you don't know what's going on tonight. I, I, I think you should watch. I think you should. I think you should go for it. 
that's the way to, that's the best way to find out is just to watch it that's right that's right man i've enjoyed having you on though where can everybody find you yeah so um i do my work on youtube youtube.com slash sam dracula hornets videos hornets live streams um if you look if you're listening to this i'm thinking you'll like that stuff over there um for all my social for all my links basically samdracula.com easiest way to go about it you can find links to everything right then and there yeah uh, that's what I do. That's where you can find me. Boom. Man, thanks again for being on with us. Hive Hoops, thanks for jumping on. Until next time, adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops, presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops. Hoops.